This is Not Your Token Black Girl, a space for black women and their allies to rest their crowns, laugh uncontrollably, feel supported, and more. It's like Sunday brunch convo with the girls in a quick 20-ish minutes. Now, let's get started with your hosts, Allie J and Crystal Lowe. On today's episode of Not Your Token Black Girl, we're continuing the conversation with Amanda Seals. You asked me something earlier about when do I know when to walk away? When something goes from a challenge to a stress, it's time to go. <laughs> that's it. And that's really what it is. That's There's always going to be challenges. You know, yeah. I look at people yeah. as planets. You're fully, like you're a planet, like you have different terrain and climate change and all type of shit going on at all times. So, you know, depending on where you are in orbit, things may feel different. But if it gets to a point where it's like orbiting this person is making my planet implode, then it's like, we got to break orbit. Yeah. You know, yeah. but if it's, if, if the gravitational pull of being with this person, whether it's a friend or a, a romantic relationship, if that's like growing mountains and widening my streams and, you know, help, if it's, if it's creating changes that I find are positive, even if they're strenuous, that's, that's fine. But that challenge and stress difference, you got to really look at that because it'll save you every time every time and i'm somebody who i have a hard time sometimes committing to an exit because i'll feel like i failed or or because of my self-awareness i'll feel like well i contributed so now i have to go back and fix it so i can have a perfect exit and it's like no (laughs) you know no. And if you're working with a narcissist, there's no such thing. Oh, yeah. No. I've been in a relationship with one of those. That's dangerous. Get out. But yeah. I like what you said about exiting. Sometimes I find myself, I'm too invested. I've spent too much time. I've put in too much work to let this go. Not necessarily, you know, just with romantic relationships in the past or my current romantic relationship, but projects, jobs, businesses, anything. Once I feel like I've signed on to something, I should have done my due diligence in the beginning. And so since I've made a decision to commit, I've got to stick it out no matter how torturous it is. That's a very black woman shit. Cause white girls would be like, I'm good. Um, I've le- I'm or, learning I'm to gonna, be like, I'm good. Cause- I'm not even going to generalize white girls. I'll just say, I feel like there's more of an acceptability within white spaces to be able to just be like, I'm good and not feel judged. Whereas black women, I feel like we constantly put pressure on ourselves to feel like we have to save it. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that's true of the, the podcast. You know, we're going into season three and we had to have, um, thank you, a, a business conversation. How big do we want to grow this? When do we want to grow it? And it took a lot of work for both of us as individuals and together. We still haven't made the decision, but to say, let's look at like, is this really the best time in our lives to be growing a, a podcast, like another business, another brand? And I have to admit in the back of my head, I was like, no, but F it. We just booked Amanda Seals. So we have to go after <laughs> Michelle Obama and Oprah. Like we have to keep going because now we've booked this um, huge star. So we can't just be small anymore. Um, and I do think that's a, a repercussion of being a black woman. There is no room for failure. It's go big or 
go home once you've committed. Like I turned to my man and I was like, I don't want to work anymore. I was like, I just don't want to work anymore. And he was like, but what if you stopped working and you were like right on the precipice of, of everything that you wanted? And I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like, I was like, I just, I was like, if that's the case, then what's for me is for me and it'll happen in its time. Like, and I, and, and you know, like when I say I don't want to work anymore, that could mean like for any more could mean three weeks, right? <laughs> because at the end of three weeks, I could be like, I'm back. Like, but that was the mood I was in that day. And, you know, it was, but he, uh, but he presented that. And for a moment it felt like, you're right. Like, what if, and then I had to just be like, no, like that's why I've worked so hard so that I can feel a little so I can feel a certain level of foundation under me that if I take a break to create space to think about how big do I want to grow smart funny and black how big do I want to grow SFB society like I created a whole app during this pandemic and SFB society was created as an alternative to Instagram like I on Instagram have had to close my comments because of trolls and hoteps and all type of foolery and I was like all right I'm gonna create this space it's a membership only, but that membership is protecting you from all of these other things. And we've had to kick people out because they violated, you know, because they've gone outside of the terms of really just don't be a dick. Um, but I created this whole app and then it's like, okay, how big do you want to grow this? What are you willing to do? And I've had to have the same conversations, Crystal, with my team. Like, where are we at mentally, like, economically, you know, and then look, where's the world at mentally and economically and all these things. And I feel like to your point, it's not only that we don't give ourselves a space, but we don't give ourselves a time. Like we always feel like we got to make that decision like immediately, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I've had to realize like, you know what? There's a happy medium. I may not need to make that decision. I, I will need to make the decision, but maybe I give myself two months versus feeling like I got it now. Well, we having a conversation right now, so we got to figure it out right now. You know, like that, that's how I always end up feeling like we got a solution. We got a solution, 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 solution. And I lost a friend because that's how she would deal with emotional shit. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. she wouldn't, she wouldn't allow process. She was like, no, like don't, I'm not, she said to me, I'm not the friend that you vent to. You call me for solutions. And I was like, I did not, I, I have known you for 10 years and I did not know that. Um, but it's like, for whatever, whatever it's worth, she was at a space in her life where she was just like, that's how I'm handling things. And it's like, that's not how I want to handle things. And then I have been, I had been thinking about that. And I was like, you know what, that applies to business too. Yeah. You know, like it always feels like, okay, this meeting, we're going to solve everything in this meeting and it's like how about we just present it ruminate on it and give ourselves some space to come back to the table and that space my, my friend christina rice like she does wellness she has a site called om noir and she always just talks about like the space and stillness needed for everything like and ali when you say like you have a squirrel brain i feel you and it takes a lot sometimes to be like yeah. silence everything huh you know yeah. and, and and get there but but i will tell you like i don't know if y'all know about astrology or care but 
this isn't a time to make decisions. Like astrologically, this isn't even like, the stars are like, just, just flow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the stars are like, just flow. And um, I think that's like harder for a lot of us than we thought. And so there actually is action in just learning how to do that. Yeah. I feel like that process in general of like taking, I know for me, my brain is always filled with a billion ideas, which is why I can't focus. Right. Like, I'm just like, I want to do this. I'm learning the guitar. I'm starting another business, you know, like I'm doing all these different things and learning. And, you know, I recently started going to therapy as well. And learning just to take a moment and meditate and be out of all of that is a skill. Like it's even lear- even meditating the first few times, like I could not do it because I, I was still thinking of all of my ideas and all of the business. That, and that's, you know, and it's really, like you said, it is one of those things, like you have to put it into practice. And this Mercury was what in retrograde like twice this year girl mercury them in the retrograde saturn was in retrograde we had flexes we got a jupiter saturn shit happening like it's a wild time yeah i like because i remember researching i was like what is this like i never feel this like off kilter you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and so i went and researched it i called one of my other girlfriends and she was like girl i'm on the same wavelength like we just supposed to be chilling right now like don't do nothing crazy like because i done tried to uh end my business like three times this year i ain't of even gonna course lie. you have like of i have been trying have. to end my business i done broke up with my husband like four yes. times like I know you have. it's yes, a you whole have. thing and so when you say that and you're like no the stars like it's, it's supposed to be flowing i'm like i feel that in my soul and but I'm actually, glad. But actually doing it is a whole. <laughs> but actually taking the time and like sitting in your stillness and meditating and trying to release all that extra nonsense. It's, it's Girl, binge hard. a show. Binge a show. Like binge a show. Like you end up having to find all different techniques. I've been trying to binge shit. I'm like, okay, let me start drawing again. Like, I started drawing. <laughs> I got Procreate Plus. Like, help me. Apple what are you guys doing? Because admittedly, I'm uncomfortable in stillness. I, it is when are. I yes, am the is. most. All of us are. Yeah, it's I'm hard. Uncomfortable in stillness that I did not choose. It yeah. maybe that's the part because sometimes I like you know quiet music, dim lights, my little candle. But this but feels like imposed, a prison sentence. Yeah, when it's imposed on you with some other shit. And I, I had vocal cord surgery earlier this year where I, I was on vocal cord rest for the first two weeks. So rest is when you're basically just consciously not speaking. So you can talk if you have to, but you're making the conscious effort to not speak when, unless you need to. Then I had to go on vocal silence because after the surgery, you don't have a choice. You just can't talk for two weeks. That was different. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't, I can't imagine you not talking. <laughs> I had to, Melanie Fiona was like, what I want you to do is treat this as a meditative practice that opens up for you an epiphany that the ancestors hand down. That <laughs> was like, you okay, better girl. get to hand in quick. Cause I have stuff to say. <laughs> I can't write fast enough. <laughs> like, and so I mean, I had to like really work at that 
Now, did at one point, was I trying to argue with my man in silence and did I have a silent tantrum? Yes, of course I did. <laughs> did he have to like hold me and be like, you good, you good, you good? While I was like, yes, yes, that happened. We're also in a pandemic. You can always add, that's the asterisk of everything right now. In a pandemic. We, and as black women, we already had asterisks. And now there's a whole other asterisk. And then, you know, you go through some shit and then that's an asterisk that people don't know about. So that's your own personal asterisk that you have to add on and give yourself grace with. And that's another thing. But Crystal, to answer your question, I feel like I completely understand what you're talking about. Stillness can feel like non-productivity can feel like laziness. Mm -hmm. And if you're a productive person, feeling lazy feels fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. It feels irresponsible. It feels irresponsible. It feels like immature. It feels all the things. Lazy for me is like, that's a trick. Like, call me a bitch. Don't call me lazy. Yeah. I'll fight fight over that. Yep. I'll fight over that. You call me a bitch. I'm like, oh, you just don't understand my tone. You call me lazy. I'm like, that's my mother did not raise. You know? exactly. <laughs> that hits to my core. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah. feel you. And stillness that is imposed can feel like it can, it, make you, it can make you irrationally think that you're not doing something. You know? And if you think you're not doing, then it feels like lazy or it feels like irresponsible. And um, so I've had to really just my best suggestion to you is breathe. And I know that sounds really cliche, but I have had to do that. Like every day I'll find myself reaching a point of anxiety. Like, am I falling off? I need to be doing something right now. And then I'll start like trying to synthesize like, okay, so I'm going to do a release. And and then I'm like, Amanda, see what you're doing. Yeah. And this is reactionary. You're not even doing this from a creative place. You're doing this from a place of fear. You're coming up with these ideas of things that have to happen from a place of fear. So you need to breathe through that. And if it comes back up in a space of creativity, that's different. But, you know, the breathing part is really just taking that moment to be like, what is this really? And if it's fear, it's you gotta just let it go and you know go watch something or you know go eat a healthy snack because uh, <laughs> these hips spread and co- in quarantine <laughs> still eat it so i'm the opposite i don't eat and it's bad like i'll that's just me. not i'll just not eat and people are like oh my god that's so lucky and i'm like it's not no that's I'm, not good either, either one is healthy. it's not good either so you know it's like something like that seems so trivial, like breathing, like whatever, but it just kind of becomes like Ali said, like this practice of, of allowing you to pause to truly find out what you're actually feeling so that you can know what the actual thing is to do next. And it's, um, it's just a doozy of a time. It's a weird ass fucking time, which is why like, I just wake up in a bad mood for no goddamn reason, you know, because I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling, you know, like there's so many and I'm an empath like there's just so much shit going on and I'm not like I had to disconnect from Instagram and then I've come back to a certain extent but I'm also just kind of disinterested in a lot of the fodder you know like I just see certain things that I probably would have like swiped and actually sat and watched and now I'm just like I don't I don't want to watch this person get cursed out I don't want to watch this um 
I don't want to watch another police brutality video. I don't want to watch, like, it doesn't change what I know of the situation, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, so if it's not, at this point, if it's not adding like a positive, um, and positive sounds like such a hokey word at this point, but if it's not just like, I, let me find a better way to say it. If it's not soothing my high vibration, I try and just let it go. Now, ever so often, it's like, well, this is stupid. And so I have to watch it. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm the and educate of, these like, people. Following these little memes and stuff. They be really making me laugh. And I feel like that sits well in my soul. So I'm okay with it. But right. I do have a hard time with Instagram. And that has been one of the, really, social media in general. I work in social media, too. So it's like, it's a double win. Yeah. But, you know, I've had... I'm really all about authenticity just in general. And because I know too much, it's hard for me to get on Instagram some days and just be like consuming that and putting that into my day. Um, I live for Karen videos. I live for that. <laughs> I had to stop. I had to stop with the Karen videos. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this too much. This is too. It was like, it was too. Um, it was like, it was too dumb. Like, I tried to watch Borat yeah. the other day, and I was like, oh, oh that just- was good. It was good. It wasn't. I can't do Borat. You have to admit, it's kind of like Mardi Gras. You can't go to Mardi Gras not prepared mentally for Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. See, there you go. You, you have go to be to Mardi Gras. You should go to Mardi Gras. <laughs> so but you can't watch Borat without mentally preparing. Like, you got to be like, okay, I'm going to have a I dumb two hours. It, like, this is going to be dumb. And then I realized, I was like, I don't have two hours of dumb to give. I didn't. And I guess maybe I want to spend my dumb two hours on something else. Maybe that's what it is. Like, I had just watched a, um, I mean, I just finished a complete rewatch of Sex and the City. So Ooh, love, love it. That. I've been no, watching. I, watched, I made. I wrote my master's thesis on Sex and the City. Fabulous! Really? <laughs> yeah, it's called Betty's and Broads. <laughs> Broads. And yeah. I'm in this rewatch. I realize I appreciate Charlotte far more than I did when I was younger. Yeah. Yes. Right? Because she yeah. was actually the only sane one. She, and, yeah. and part of it is also because I realized Charlotte is Tiffany. And I'm like, people be hating on Tiffany and then they're going to get older and they're going to watch the show again. They're going to watch Insecure again and be like, Tiffany was on the real one at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You because should watch Designing Women. You should never disrespect me again as if I don't know about the sugar bakers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. Ah. Yes. <laughs> Delta Burke, honey. Come on. Yes. Yes. I love it. I was up in my room at 13 watching Designing Women on Lifetime. Yes. Um, no, I, I, uh, I was actually a more, I was a Designing Women fan more than I was a Golden Girls fan. <gasps> yeah. See, my, my dissertation was on all three shows determining if they are, you know, mere images of women at that time the 90s the 80s what have you or if they were stereotypes so one summer I got my stereotype was that or my result was that they're reflections of women of their time they're not stereotypical characters no and there's because they're so varied white women have Mm -hmm. always gotten you know a little bit they've gotten more opportunity to be varied when people talk about like you know Amanda you say that black that white women can't write black stories why can white why can black women why can black women write white women's stories? I'm like, because I have been immersed mm-hmm. 
in yeah. your stories my yeah. whole life. Yeah. Like my so-called life. Um, I, 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 I understand Rand Graff. I understand like I've been like, I watched 16 candles again the other day for like the 37th, the 511th time. <laughs> and it's like, what do I have in common with Molly Ringwald in the eighties? Nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> but yet this is what was provided. And so thus we were watching. Right. So, you know, that's dope because I really do agree with you. Like, like when you look at all those shows, that's, that's 12 different white women. Mm -hmm. Like they're not archetypes. Those are 12 different white women that had yeah. like layers, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm, I feel like people say like, oh, we're in a black renaissance right now. I don't agree. Like, I don't feel like we are, I feel like people are like, but what about Insecure? And I'm like, it's one show. It's like, they're, like, one what, show. One show. they're like, what about Queen Sugar? I'm like, that's two shows. Um, and I'm just like, you know, I grew up with an influx. I mean, there, there was a time in the 90s where shit just popped off. And then they were like, whoa, it's like too black. And yeah. I wrote a one-woman show called Death of the Diva that was about how, um, how reality TV dismantled the work that the black women images of the 80s and 90s had Oh, had wow. really yeah oh, I grew wow. up watching that and I had so many different versions of me to watch yeah and I don't feel like our young women now have that no maybe they get no. it in other ways you know I guess maybe they get it in other ways because they're getting it from podcasts or whatever but there's something about a visual medium mm -hmm. yeah and, and that was the reason why I couldn't include girlfriends it's a totally different can of worms um I rewatch Girlfriends, though. So. I'm in season it's five quarantine. on Netflix. I, I had Girlfriends as my favorite. I'm rationing my rewatch of A Different World. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's like very slow going. I like, I, I, it's like a, it's like an eggnog at Christmas. Like I just take little morsels. I'm just like, mm, it's rich. Yeah. I'm mad that I watch Girlfriends so fast. Cause I, I mean, like the only I'm mad that I watched Sex and the City so fast because now I'm like these broads are they're just in my head and then I watch the movie the movie is whack I never liked the movie because the first movie I didn't like the I second know. but the first one I didn't like the second we liked the first one because we missed them go back and watch it okay, okay I, I haven't rewatched because if you watch it you're gonna be like they doing the same stuff Carrie's still needy Samantha's still hoeing <laughs> <Not hoeing. laughs> this was the first time though where I'm like I guess, okay, you know what? You may have opened the door just there. Because Big was really needy in the movie to a point yeah, that he like, was. the fuck? And it's like, maybe the value in that is that, well, Carrie's been needy this whole time and it was his turn. They're perfect for each other. Mm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I would just like to say that Carrie, I don't even know who, her, who Carrie equivalent could be in Girlfriends, maybe Joan that's the closest to me that's the closest but Joan couldn't be as needy as Carrie she, mm. like it, I don't think it would jive in black female psyche of being that needy what was needy about black. Carrie the way she craved big 
was like, couldn't make a decision without her friends, found herself in financial stress because she kept buying shoes, like tried to live bigger than her means, like out in the Hamptons with, you know, her, her gay best friend. Like she was just always doing the most on a spam like budget. And she's writing about it in her little diary. Like what is true love? Does it exist in New York? Like that type of, if you, if we want to compare Carrie to Joan, Joan's needy is one tract is to get a man. And you mentioned the, you know, black female divorce rate and the lower marriage rate. That's a black female neediness that jives with black female viewers. Yeah. You can't be holistically needy as a black woman. We got to save the day. So you can pick one lane to be needy in and that's it. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I feel that, but I feel like Joan picked more than one lane. She was I needy with her was, friends too. She was needy with her friends as like, well. She was, and she was almost to the point, like the Joan and Tony situation, like Tony was shit, but also Joan didn't rise to the occasion either as a friend. So like, I can argue that Carrie and Joan are extremely parallel in a lot, even with the shoe addiction, Joan had that same kind of thing Joan got a shoe addiction, but Joan has a legitimate job to pay for that. Carrie making 50 cents a word, writing a ghost call. Carrie was, but Carrie's legitimate job I mean, I guess my thing is this, and this, and they did talk about this on the show. Like, if you ain't got no kids and you ain't got no pets, and it's just you, spend your money. You know, yeah. like live your, your life. Money you want to spend it, like. But don't take her, Charlotte's engagement her, ring because you can't pay your rent. <laughs> Charlotte offered that engagement ring, <laughs> but did Carrie pay it back? I wish they would have like. I wish they would have actually like made that a thing. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. but you know, Carrie wrote three books about those women, you know, and I just, the reason why I'm even not, I'm not trying to stick up for Carrie, but I just think that like, there's so many versions of what you're calling neediness that other people just call like a idiosyncrasy. Um, mm-hmm. like for instance, like me saying like, I want my friends to call me and check on me when I'm in some shit others might be like that's so needy and it's like but that's just what i need (laughs) (laughs) you know and and for what it's worth i'm giving it for them as well right so it's like you that's the rule i guess that's the rule right like you can't ask for what you're not willing to give yeah Um, i mean carrie was there for all of them hoes okay the only time that she did not show up was from Miranda when she fell out the shower and she still sent her man, right? And that is fair. Like Charlotte had the miscarriage, Carrie, boom, at the house, right? Like yeah. Miranda, New Year's Eve in the movie, like, oh, I'm just sad, you know, cause Steve, you know, and Carrie got out the bed in the snow, went downtown. No, yeah, she went downtown. To Brooklyn, yeah. No, because remember Miranda had broken up with Steve Sorry for those oh, listening right. who have not seen <laughs> Sex and the City, but I feel like once the show is off in the 2000s, we, we've yeah. had some alerts. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, but the conversation we're having is really just allegory, right? Because it's really just about like, it's circle back to what kind of friend are you and how do you yeah. show up and what are your expectations? If Carrie was always asking her friends for money, but spending her money on shoes, then I would look at her sideways. Yeah. But she yeah. was in brunch 
paying for her portion of brunch. Like she wasn't the friend who's like, oh, like can you, I, I left my wallet in the cab, you know, like she wasn't, um, but she found herself in a fucked up situation. And for all intents and purposes, she was going to be with Aiden. And I, now that I've watched it again, she actually was not wrong in not being with Aiden and not marrying Aiden. Why, why do you think I liked Aiden? It's not about the life of Aiden. It's why Aiden wanted to marry her. And he wanted to marry her because he didn't trust her. And he wanted to feel like that would make their relationship secure. That ain't it. That's fair. I didn't like how Carrie cheated on Aiden. I didn't like that. Either did Aiden. No, he did not. No, he was very upset. But I felt like... (laughs) You broke my heart! (laughs) Jesus, white man. I Relax. mean, that <laughs> he literally ran down the bush. She was like, ah! <laughs> I mean, Ow. yeah, I feel like we just kind of forgave Carrie for cheating with Big and going back to smoking her cigarettes. Well, what did we do with Issa? <sighs> we forgave her too. We forgave her cheating ass. Me and my so husband. At the end of the day, oh. it's like all the time. It's like, <laughs> Shit go left and we judge and we judge and we judge and we judge. And one thing that I hate about this world we're in right now is motherfuckers act like they are not human. It is unbelievable how people judge other situations without ever considering themselves in that situation, particularly relationships. And it is very easy to look at what someone else is doing and say, well, this is what they should have done when you are not in it mm-hmm. yeah you're not that's why the best advice that you can get is advice that is tailored for you not advice based on what someone else would do i right. don't care about what you would do you ain't in the scenario yeah you know and when we talk about just like black women and how we can strengthen our friendships and our sisterhoods i feel like that's such a paramount place to start like yeah cutting the judgment out and really like stepping in each other's shoes and 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 for what it's worth being able to say like i wouldn't do that but if that's what you feel like you got to do i got you you know and as long as it's not harming you or the other person like i know that i was in a whack-ass relationship and my whole friends was like ma'am and it was like yeah but i'm not done until i'm done and respect that so (laughs) but more friendships need to be like have that type of understanding right it's like i'm not don't give me unsolicited advice Mm -hmm. right sometimes like i want a listening ear like crystal knows when i when i'm ready to share one little thug tear (laughs) and i call crystal (laughs) i'm not asking you to tell me what's wrong like what i you should do you're just supposed to be listening here and that's what she is like she listens but if I ask for the advice, and I think that's more so what friendships and like, I would like people in the world to understand. <laughs> like, don't yeah. give out unsolicited advice. We didn't ask you, you know? People be giving me all types of unsolicited advice on Instagram. I'm like, first of all, I don't know you. So let's start there. Yes. I don't know you. And listen, you can get bad advice from good people. You can get good advice from bad people. But ultimately, like you have to have a filter for your advice. Like, 
you know, and uh, it's just a lot of layers to everything. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can say in this, in this podcast, like there's just a lot of layers to everything. And we need to stop treating shit with like surface goggles. You know, we, the time for snorkeling is done. Yeah. Folks got to put on the school year and descend. Like my man and I will have conversations and like, (laughs) he'll say his answer and I'll be like, deeper he's like oh we're doing a deep dive okay <laughs> i like that i love that because <laughs> like adjust you know like oh that's what we're doing i'm like yeah because sometimes I'll, I'll sometimes i will i'll go along with the surface yeah 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 but sometimes it's like no no let's suit up yeah let's go into this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love that and i'm i'm the same with my husband like during the black lives matter situation I had so many questions like I mean the height of it like it's still Black Lives Matter every day all day blackity black but during the height of it during the summer and I was just learning and understanding more stuff and I had been you know I've been an activist or I consider myself an activist for you know within my community in Austin and so when I'm learning about all these new things and like these different perspectives online and who is canceled and all this I'm going to my husband and I'm like, yo, we need to talk about this. What's your opinion? You go first. I'm going to let you say your piece. And then I want to rebuttal. And then let's figure <laughs> it out together. You know, and, and sometimes it would turn into huge debates because even amongst Black women and Black men, there's this difference. Different. Of, there's this huge difference. So he would come up with something. I would say something completely different. And I like to be well-researched, especially with my husband, because he's like the knower of all the things. And so I'm like, hold that thought. Let me go back. <laughs> let me, let me figure it. And I will say like, I'd go to, of course, you to find insight on things. I'm like looking at um, Angela Rye, Tamika Mallory, you know, like I'm like finding, cause I'm immersed in it at this point. And those conversations are super important, but I think amongst like black women yes let's come together like i think we need to all that's been one of my biggest things it's like i want to be i know we're not all like the same but i want there to be this sense of like understanding like i see you this ain't no fake shit like this is what it is but also bringing black men into the equation right and having those deeper conversations like you said you are with your man like let's go deeper like there's so much on the surface no, let's go deeper now. Like, let's have a come to Jesus meeting with the black community and let's go deeper. Um, so but yeah. it's about I, a safe space. It's about a safe space. And it's just yeah. that it's really like, it's not always easy to create a safe space and folks aren't always willing yeah. to allow for the for a safe space to be created. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, my ex literally said to me, like, I, I don't want to have feelings. And like you, that. like, I don't want to have feelings. Like, I don't want to, I, I, he was like, it just, he was like, I just can't handle it. Like, I can't. And there's so many people though, who feel that way. They're just like, it's just too much because for whatever reason, they, they don't know how to synthesize them. And, you know, maybe in their upbringing, they just, you know, never got the opportunity to like, you know, feel comfortable in their feelings. And, and so in order for there to be a safe space, folks have to be willing to be vulnerable. And that's not a thing with black men. Like it has started to become a thing with black women. And for a long time, it wasn't a thing for either of us. Yeah. Right. Like being vulnerable, like bitch, you know, <laughs> like yeah. say less. 
<laughs> like I ain't trying to know because and then you just start to over time I've just started to see such a beautiful um awakening and opening of of spaces for us to do that with each other like even your podcast and you know on my podcast and you know these retreats that we're seeing and in these communities yeah. and I mean SFP society isn't just for black women it's for yeah black folks and allies but the idea is that it's a safe space for us to talk about us yeah. and the the even the even the term safe space is fairly new um and so I think for a lot of folks they don't really know what that means. It literally just means trust. It just means like, I can trust that you're not going to weaponize my feelings if I share them. Yeah. yeah. And for black men, I think that's like a part of the trauma DNA. Yeah. The fear of that, because it's not really, it hasn't really ex existed in a real way. And um, I think, you know, I'm I, in, my, in my most optimistic, of thoughts a few generations down the line um that will be different you know and we we see i mean for so i will say this like so my my man and i we were college sweethearts and <laughs> crystal hmm. i love love, love. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we broke up and then we were friends and then, i mean there's just like you know time like life just you know happening and then we circle back and, you know, 20, that's a 20 year gap. I mean, even though we knew each other and we've been conversing within that time, like we didn't have an intimate exchange in the same way. So there's just going to be different challenges that you're facing together than you were when you were 20 years ago in college. And you're yeah. going to have to create a safe space in order to deal with those new challenges. And I will say that, you know, to, to be honest, for us, it was a little rough at first to, to know that we had to do that for each other. Yeah. Because there was a, there was a, I think there was a um, expectation that because we'd known each other so long that we didn't have to do that. You know, that it should all just already just be there, but it wasn't. So we had to like make a concerted effort to like, reaffirm for each other that you can trust me with your emotions and me not weaponizing them and vice versa. And it's a learning curve for what that requires for each relationship. So it is now seven 30. So I need to eat so that I can go to bed at 10 o'clock because I told y'all yes. it's been a bad mood Tuesday. Hey, 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 DMT. Amanda, <laughs> you are a gem and a queen. Yes. This has been so amazing. What an honor to spend this time with you. Awesome. Longer than I think either one of us ever expected. So thank you so much yeah. for coming on and the work that you're doing and the platform that you built and continue to build. Um, and I'm on the platform, by the way. I just go by my like regular name. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Because I've been looking for a safe space and Kristen, yes. most of the time my safe space, I go straight to her. But when I need that insight and like just to see and hear the different conversations going on. So yeah, I'm in there. And we're opening up so many new spaces in SFP. Yeah. Like yeah. We just started opening it up to where everybody could post and we've got courses and challenges coming and we have chatty Wednesdays and we got things, we got things. So if you're listening, go to sfbsociety.com and check it out. And also check out my podcast, Small Doses, which is wherever pods are casted. Love it. Amanda, thank you.
Thank you all. Be safe. Stay safe, stay strong, and stay black in this whole pandemic thing and and long after. All right, (laughs) Already. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week. Catch a new episode each Sunday at 12 p.m. Central anywhere you can download pods or from our website, notyourtokenblackgirl.com. Follow the pod on IG at notyourtokenblackgirl. Follow Allie on Twitter at Allie underscore J and on Instagram at Basic Allie. And be sure to follow Crystal on IG at The Crystal O.